coming to you straight from the street. This is the Dish Doc EM Podcast, bringing you emergency medical education for paramedics, nurses, and EMTs. Here's your host, Owen Wood. What's up, guys? Owen here, and today we're going to be talking about five essential steps to managing a patient with croup. Croup, also known as laryngotracheitis, is a very common viral illness that's usually seen in children and it affects the upper respiratory tract. Most cases of croup are mild, but it does have the potential to become life-threatening. By causing its subglottic edema, croup actually narrows the upper airway, which can cause respiratory distress and in extreme circumstances may even lead to respiratory arrest. It's usually caused by the parainfluenza virus, which may not have too bad of an effect on adults. But when your upper airway is about the size of a pixie stick, just a little bit of edema can cause some major problems. Fun fact, croup comes from the old Scottish word roop, which means to cry out in a hoarse voice. So before we start talking about the management strategies of croup, Let's briefly cover the signs and symptoms. Onset of croup usually occurs over one to two days and will typically come with a slew of nonspecific upper respiratory tract infection signs, including runny nose, cough, and sore throat. A low-grade fever may be present, but not all the time. Now, the hallmark of croup is the seal-like barking cough, which sounds something like this. In moderate to severe cases, inspiratory strider and respiratory distress may be apparent. Symptoms of croup seem to spike at night, with most ED visits occurring between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. Though it's not required for diagnosis, steeple sign may be seen on an AP chest film. I've dropped a link in the show notes to an image of this characteristic sign. Now it's good to note that children with mild to moderate croup may appear to be completely normal with no real obvious signs or symptoms until you hear them cough or cry. When you arrive at their home or see them in the ED waiting room, they may be running around happy and playing. This is why it's important to pay very close attention to the caregiver's description of the child's illness, as they may be the only ones that heard the characteristic cough thus far. Check out the show notes where I've dropped a video from YouTube of a very sick child with croup. In the video, you can hear the seal-like barky cough along with inspiratory and expiratory strider. There's also some signs of some subcostal retractions. The child also appears to be very lethargic and all of these things combined indicate a severe case. Also in the show notes, I've dropped a sound clip of the seal-like barky cough that you just heard. As good clinicians, we need to do our due diligence and evaluate for differential diagnoses. A few of the differentials, which should be in the back of your mind, are epiglottitis, foreign body obstruction, bacterial tracheitis, and diphtheria. (coughs) Epiglottitis typically has a very rapid onset over just a couple of hours. The patient will be drooling and will look very, very sick. A foreign body obstruction will obviously have a sudden onset, and there's a good chance that this child will lack the upper respiratory infection signs and symptoms. A child with bacterial tracheitis will look very toxic and will probably complain of very painful swallowing. And finally, my favorite pathogenic bacteria, Corynebacterium diphtheriae. Now, some of you may be thinking, 
that we have vaccines for this, but let's not forget about all the anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaccine propaganda is flooding social media, so make sure that you ask the caretaker about the child's vaccination history. Key things to look for in diphtheria is that the child is gonna look pretty toxic, and you're likely to see the characteristic white to gray pseudomembrane covering the tonsillar area. An unvaccinated child is like a feasting ground for facultative anaerobes, like C. diphtheriae. So definitely keep this one in the back of your mind. Now keep in mind that this list is not all-inclusive and there are other differentials. I just wanted to hit a couple of the big ones. Now just as a quick reminder, when you're dealing with croup or any other respiratory issue with a child, make sure that you're remaining alert for signs of impending respiratory arrest. Some of those signs include increased lethargy, decreased muscle tone, decreased level of consciousness, and cyanosis which cyanosis is usually a very late sign, equaling badness. So now onto the meat and potatoes, the essential management steps for croup. Number one, keep the patient calm. Like I mentioned before, children with even moderate croup may initially appear to be asymptomatic. However, agitation to the airway by way of crying or coughing can really make these patients go downhill pretty quick. It's important to utilize that across the room assessment on your initial evaluation of these patients, and you may need to get a little creative. Utilize the patient's parents or other caregivers as much as possible during assessment to keep the child comfortable and calm. Number two, monitor with pulse oximetry and capnography. Now, once again, you don't want to irritate the child by applying a capnography probe, but if you can do so while still keeping the child calm, it's a pretty good idea. This way, you'll be able to monitor for hypercapnia due to CO2 retention. As with any patient, administer oxygen as needed, humidifying it if possible. Number three, manage airway restriction with nebulized epinephrine. In moderate to severe cases of croup, Nebulized epinephrine is going to be your go-to drug off the bat. The vasoconstrictive properties of epinephrine constricts precapillary arterioles, shifting the pressure gradient between the capillaries and interstitium, which allows a reduction in pressure from the interstitial space. Standard L-epinephrine, up to 5 mg nebulized in its 1 in 1,000 concentration, has been shown to be just as safe as, and possibly more effective, than racemic epinephrine. If you're not 100% sure what racemic epinephrine is, check out the show notes where I've dropped a link to another article that will tell you all about it. So to administer this epinephrine, you're going to take your 1 in 1,000 concentration, add it to a small volume nebulizer, and adjust your oxygen flow rate to a medium flow, say about 8 liters per minute. This should provide good delivery to the upper airways where it's really needed. Please keep in mind that while the 1 in 1,000 concentration of epinephrine has been sufficiently documented as safe and effective, consult your local protocols for specific recommendations. It's also good to mention right now that albuterol is not an appropriate treatment for croup and may actually make the patient worse, particularly if it causes them to cough. Additionally, nebulized saline, or cool mist, has been a mainstay of croup treatment for many years. While it's probably not harmful, there really isn't any good evidence to support its use. Number four, reduce inflammation with corticosteroids. The treatment of choice here is a single large dose of dexamethasone. However, prednisolone or methylprednisolone 
may also be used. Keep in mind that corticosteroids such as these do take time to have an effect, usually about an hour or possibly even longer, and immediate management of airway restriction should be done with nebulized epinephrine. Number five, treat fever with antipyretics. As we mentioned earlier, a low-grade fever is not uncommon with croup, so antipyretics such as ibuprofen or acetaminophen are indicated. While most children will present with a low-grade fever, it is possible for a higher fever, over 104 degrees Fahrenheit, to occur. Now, the next thing that I'm going to say comes solely from my observations. In just about every patient I've seen with croup, when they start to spike a fever is when all of the other symptoms start to snowball together. And as that fever goes up, the child becomes more irritable and symptoms are exacerbated much faster. By managing the child's fever, you're gonna be one step ahead when it comes to keeping them calm and not crying or coughing excessively. Now, before we wrap it up, let's do a quick recap. Croup, AKA laryngotracheitis, is a common viral illness occurring predominantly in children, particularly in the fall and winter months. It affects the upper respiratory tract and has the potential to cause life-threatening subglottic edema. Signs and symptoms include an onset over one to two days with runny nose, cough, and sore throat. Low-grade fever may be present, yet absence does not exclude diagnosis. The hallmark sign of croup is a seal-like barking cough. In moderate to severe cases, inspiratory strider and respiratory distress may occur. On an AP chest film, steeple sign may be seen, and symptoms typically spike at night. Some of the differentials for croup include epiglottitis, foreign body obstruction, bacterial tracheitis, and diphtheria. You should always remain alert for signs of impending respiratory arrest, such as increased lethargy, decreased muscle tone, decreased level of consciousness, and cyanosis, which is a very late sign. The five essential management steps for croup are, number one, keep the patient calm. Number two, monitor with pulse oximetry and capnography. Number three, manage airway restriction with nebulized epinephrine. Number four, reduce inflammation with corticosteroids. And number five, treat fever with antipyretics. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to head over to ditchdocem.com to check out the show notes where I've dropped several great pieces of media that will help you accurately identify croup. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to give the show a rating in iTunes. And don't forget to follow the show by email at ditchdocem.com. Until next time, be safe, treat aggressively, and I'll catch you in the next one. The content of the Ditch.EM podcast is based on evidence, fact, and the recommendations of credible sources. Always refer to the protocols and guidelines established by your institution. The views expressed are those of Owen Wood and Ditch.EM in their entirety. What did mommy take? Mommy took my boost. Mommy throwed my bushy away. What did she do with it? She threw it away. Oh no, that's not very nice, is it? No. What if you gotta tube somebody? Well, I will get another one at the store. The bougie store? Yeah. Okay. You wanna go? Yeah. You know how to get there? 
No. Okay. You can get it. All right. Me. I'll Google it. 